0: Good afternoon everybody, I want to continue this, these talks on uh, jhana, I'm sure you are very anxious to attain jhanas, (laughs) but take it easy, have some patience, you will get there one day. (laughs) If you have already attained it, just uh, maintain it. I want to explain how we mm, proceed with the jnana. And uh, the preliminary things also are important. That's why I spent this time explaining other requirements and understanding of jhana. It is not some kind of very simple. There are two approaches, two uh, views. One is it is very simple. People oversimplify it. And the other is people may make it very difficult to attain. So we won't avoid all these two extremes and uh, get on the right track, right path. Uh Jhan uh, is, of course, uh, is uh, highly developed uh, concentrated state of mind. Concentration, as you all know, uh, has two parts: uh, wholesome concentration and unwholesome concentration. Unwholesome con- concentration is uh, simply defined as. Uh, one-pointedness of mind. When we say one-pointedness of mind, that is the kind of concentration that uh, ordinarily people have Uh, when they want to do something, whether it is uh, right or wrong, they need certain amount of concentration. Even to do something very criminal, You go to have concentration. Uh, But that uh, is not what uh, jhani concentration means. And the jhana also has wrong jhana as right jhana. Uh, When you proceed with the wrong mm, premises, wrong base, then you achieve wrong jhana. And uh, there you can get uh, stuck and think that you have attained enlightenment. And that is also very easy uh, to achieve. And people had been in the past, and even today, uh, who uh, think that they have attained jhanas and attained enlightenment at the same time. You don't need any outside person to give you a certificate of attaining jhanas or even attaining enlightenment. You are the witness. You are the testimony. You know exactly where you are. Only if you know whether you follow the right path or not. If you follow the correct path, then you know that you will never get deluded, confused. Only when you follow the wrong path, then you can get deluded and uh, mix up these two, uh, attaining enlightenment and attaining jhana, as one. And for these reasons, we want to clarify these basic issues related to jhana. Right concentration is defined as. Uh, uh, One-pointedness of wholesome mind is called right concentration. Wholesome uh, consolidation of wholesome mental states is right concentration. Uh, We will explain what these wholesome uh, factors uh, are for gaining right concentration. So, uh, in Pali it is called Kusala se Kagata Samadhi. Kusala means skillful, wholesome. Uh, wholesome one pointedness of mind is called right concentration. The other is uh, Chittase Kagata Samadhi. The word Kusala is not there. The word wholesome is not there. It is just called concentration. So we got to remember these two. That's why from the very beginning of right concentration, we want to talk about uh, certain disciplinary principles to observe to gain right concentration. Right concentration has right understanding, right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness to gain right concentration. All the other seven factors of the Nobel Eightfold Path are absolutely necessary for gaining right concentration. Prior to the Buddha's attainment of enlightenment, there were people who gained concentration, attained jhanas. They did not follow this path, right understanding and so forth. That is why when uh, Siddhartha Gautama met uh, his uh, last two famous teachers, uh, found out that uh, these two teachers have not attained enlightenment, and he said, uh, My teachers have saddha, virya, sati, samadhi, panya. I too have saddha, virya, sati, samadhi, panya. My teachers have uh, faith, perseverance, mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom. I too have faith, perseverance, mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom. But neither my teachers nor I have attained enlightenment. So, you know, Siddhartha Gautama was a genius. He was not just an ordinary person. Because uh, having gone through all these steps, and still something in his mind, something bugging his mind. Something telling him, no, you have not attained enlightenment. Something is missing. What is that missing link? He began to think. He thought their faith is not right faith. Their perseverance is not right effort. Their Mindfulness is not right mindfulness. Their concentration is not right concentration. Their wisdom is not right wisdom. What is right? Faith. uh, Right effort. Right mindfulness. Right concentration. And right wisdom. What is right? What is there? How did he... Understand what is right. So long as one has a distorted perception, that person's uh, faith is not right faith. Perseverance is not right for perseverance. Concentration is not right concentration. Mindfulness is not mindfulness. Wisdom is not right wisdom. Why? Because the perception is distorted, how the perception is distorted, and these uh, teachers faith was distorted by uh, thinking impermanent as permanent) <laughs> Unsatisfactoriness as satisfactoriness. Selflessness as self. Suffering as happiness. These are called anicce-nicce-sanya, dukke-sukha-sanya, anate asube so they thought they have reached because of their f- deep faith they have reached something permanent and they have faith in this and they have uh, stri- they have sh- striven to attain this uh, so called permanent state uniting with uh, they call uniting with the creator, Brahma, and uh, uniting with the universal soul, your universal self. Uh, They have made effort to attain that state. And Siddhartha Gautam himself had not attained enlightenment because he himself followed the same path. But, his intuition told him. No, from my experience, I realized, to some extent, these are not something permanent attainments. They are, they, these are going. Whatever is not permanent is going to lose, and when it, when we lose it, we are in pain. And moreover, they are so much uh, uh, believed that they uh, were attached to their attainment. They would not give up. Uh, For example, I tell you a very... These are important things to remember. When uh, (coughs) uh, Sariputta Moggallana as... Call uh, uh, it upat- uh, what do you call it. Uh, and call it. Uh, uh, are, that was their previous names. I met uh, a very famous teacher called uh, Sanjaya. and uh, they learned things from him and did not attain liberation. So they went to the Buddha and learned the Dhamma uh, first. Uh, Upatissa met uh, uh, Asaji, one of the five disciples, first five disciples of the Buddha, and learned Dhamma from him. And that very instant, he attained the first level of enlightenment. And then he went to Kolitha, his friend, and uh, he told him what he has attained. Then both of them went to see the Buddha and. Uh, Learn the Dhamma from the Buddha and attain full enlightenment, and then both of them went to Sanjay, who claimed to have attained enlightenment and who had uh, many hundreds of disciples. The commentary says five hundred you know five hundred thousand and so forth, are very you know round figures to make it look uh, very attractive, but they had plenty of sh- disciples. Anyway, so they went back to Sanjay and said, Vendable, we met the real enlightened person, the Buddha. And this is what he taught. It is fabulous, remarkable. Would you like to go and see him? He said, no, no, no. I am so attached to my teaching, my attainment. I don't want to be a spoon having been a pot. (laughs) <laughs> so he held to that. Why? His he was attached to his attainment. When you are attached to your attainment, then you have not attained it. <laughs> if you have attained that is why Buddha said Kumbhamankai Mamang Viditva. Nagarupa Manchitta Midang Panya Yudhena Meaning, seeing the body as a clay pot which is brittle, subject to break. Seeing the mind as a city, city has all kinds of things in the city, all set of things are going in this mind city. Yodheta Marang Panyayudhena Fight the Mara with the weapon of wisdom. Jitancharakke Aniveshano siya, Protect what you gain without attachment. This is a beautiful statement, very profound statement. The Mara uh, is used figuratively for the the defiled state of mind that kills wholesome things. Unwholesome state kills wholesome things. Therefore, unwholesome state is called Mara. Mara means killing. And Buddha said, there, fight that Mara with the weapon of wisdom. When you fight the mara with the weapon of wisdom, you gain something. You know, whenever you fight to gain something, gain property, gain land or gain something, you protect it naturally. But Buddha said, protect it without attachment. How can you protect anything without attachment? You are attached to something, that is why you are trying to protect it. That is the material protect, protection. When you gain something materially, with a lot of greed and ignorance, and you by all means, you sacrifice your life to protect it. Because you are so attached to it. That is why people fight, kill each other, to protect what they have. All the religious wars, you know, are there, to protect something. Why? Because they are attached to them. They think this is our right, this is our land, this is our this, this is that. So Buddha said, protect what you gain without attachment. If you are attached to something and try to protect it, you have not gained it. You have not used your wisdom. The protection is not letting greed enter the mind and that way you protect the mind with wisdom. So this Sanjaya who has attained what he claimed to uh, be enlightenment was so attached to it. And that is why in Sanskrit it is says uh anupadami mi me mi bhavishati sang raste sang upadana mahagraha. If somebody says nirvana is mine, I attain nirvana and that for that very reason that itself is an impediment, not attainment of nirvana. Because you cannot claim the ownership of Nirvana. <laughs> it is not our personal a prerogative, personal property. So, in essence, what the Buddha said is these attainments of these so called teachers was not real attainment. That is what they are attached to. It. When we gain right jhana, you will not be attached to the right jhana because you know. It is temporary, you lose it and when you lose it, you let it go. That is mindfulness. So with that mindfulness we practice jhana. You can see the connection between mindfulness and concentration. So they had wrong concentration because they did not have right mindfulness. When you have right concentration, you have right mindfulness. These two always go together. And also, when you gain right concentration, you gain wisdom, right wisdom. Why and how? Right concentration has very sharp, clear, unattached concentration. Um friends, this is very intriguing subject. When you talk about it, there is no end to that such a such a wonderful subject uh, When you gain right concentration, your mind will be equanimous. You remember the Factors of enlightenment, seven factors or 37 factors of enlightenment. Each of them leads you to gain uh, concentration and equanimity. It doesn't happen very quickly, uh, but through Systematic training, we gain right concentration and equanimity. I compare it to a uh, thirty-seven mountains. Uh, suppose there are thirty-seven mountains, just to illustrate with for the thirty-seven factors of enlightenment. Thirty-seven mountains these 37 mountains, every single day, every single minute, there will be a little tiny drop of water falling onto these mountains. Rains, drizzling, every moment, falling, falling, every day. And that these drips of water absorb into the earth and then it starts creating little creeks, uh, rivers, and then that water continues to run. And one smart guy built a dam and stalked this water. <clears throat> but even tiniest little drip of drop of water has in itself uh, encapsulated potential energy. So this fellow collects all this water by building a dam and <coughs> uh, make a little conduit pipe hole for the water to go through and harness this water and then use that water to generate, to turn the turbine to generate electricity. Then this little uh, drop of water full of uh, potential energy turns into kinetic energy. And eventually we even get this bright light or this to make this microphone work and so forth with that energy. Similarly, when we practice concentration, this concentration has power within itself. We have to practice it again and again and again, even if we practice tiny little bit at a time. That has a cumulative effect it builds up. Gradually it builds up. And one day, we will be able to gain a big tangible results. So the concentration has, it is a potential power, even if it is little bit, provided we do it properly, and eventually it manifests itself as a great power to penetrate the tiniest uh, subatomic parts or events in our life, to see the reality as it is. That means even to see the impermanent nature of finest, tiniest little thing in our existence, in our experience. So... Uh, That is the the nature of right concentration. A Buddha said in many places, concentrated mind sees things as they really are. Samahitang chitang yathabhutang pajanati. There, concentration is not defined. Because there are various types of concentration. Access uh, concentration, uh, momentary concentration, jhanic concentration, and so forth. There are degrees and qualities of concentration. But the Buddha said uh, in a very sweeping statement that concentrated mind can see things as they really are. So, that is the purpose of having gaining concentration or jhanic concentration. Uh, if it is uh, uh, excess concentration, we will have a certain amount of understanding. If it is uh, momentary concentration, it has a certain amount of understanding. When we have a deep, powerful jhanic concentration, then we have deep, powerful understanding. Then, when the concentration is combined with mindfulness, it really has a very great power, because mindfulness itself is a power. S- uh, satibala, sati means mindfulness, concentration is uh, uh, samadhi. So we have bala and satibala. Two battalions, two forces, join together in order to perform the final, to do the final battle. But the concentration does, (coughs) concentration weakens uh, hindrances and suppress hindrances to make mindfulness work Easy. What the mindfulness does is that it destroys the weakened hindrances, and that is why these two work together to make the job complete. So wisdom uh, arises through this through the combination of these two to final um, battle. And when the bo- when both combine together, they uh, destroy ignorance. <coughs> but we have to have a lot of patience uh, to uh, cultivate both. Uh, if we try to gain concentration very quickly, we attain gain uh, mindfulness very quickly uh, without uh, giving sufficient time and training and patience, then uh, we get uh, more restless and we may even cultivate uh, more uh, difficulties. But we have to have a lot of patience, a lot of training, a lot of disciplines to gain the, cultivate these two together. Buddha has given a very beautiful uh, simile to illustrate this situation. (coughs) There are several similes. One simile is uh, a chicken. Chicken lays several eggs. And she is very impatient to see chicks coming out of of these eggs. So she would sit on these eggs for couple of minutes and get out and turn over to see whether the chicks have come out. No chicks. So she would sit again for another couple of minutes and uh, get out and turn over and no chicks. So she would keep, you know, sitting for a couple of minutes each time and then comes out and turn over and no chicks. And she will never see chicks coming out of these eggs. Why? She does not sit long enough on this egg to hatch them. You have to warm up your cushion. <laughs> you know, to hatch the <laughs> cheeks. <laughs> when she sat off on these eggs, Long enough to hatch the eggs. What happened? Gradually, uh, yolk, yellow part, which is not very hard, as she sits there, it warms up, and warms up, and becomes harder, and then it begins to nourish itself from the white part of the egg. Why it gives nourishment. So when these two (coughs) grows and grows and grows and becomes very strong and then chicks grow inside the egg and then (coughs) when they are uh, strong enough with their tiny little bills and uh, very tiny little claws they Break the eggs and come out. The, the, the shell of the egg is like ignorance. <coughs> yolk, the uh, yellow part of the egg yolk, is like insight. White part is like concentration. When they grow, mature, then they break the shell of ignorance and come out. Isn't it beautiful simile? <laughs> so we have to have enough patience to train ourselves to practice both mindfulness and concentration he gave another simile. Uh, That simile is of uh, two uh, messengers. These two messengers come from uh, six uh, directions. There are, suppose there is a city. In the city, there is a uh, center, square center, where uh, a prince, lord of the city, is sitting. Two messengers come into the city through six gates. At each gate, there is a well trained gatekeeper. This gatekeeper knows who to be admitted and who to be rejected. And this gatekeeper, whenever he sees someone suspicious with criminal characters, would reject the entry. And if somebody seems to be very honest, sincere, he would let that person in. So the gatekeeper has been well-trained gatekeeper. So two messengers come through one gate and uh, ask the uh, gatekeeper where the lord of the city is. He would say, lord of the city is sitting at the square of the center of the city. So these two messengers both come together. Not one after the other. Both come together and deliver a message. And go by the same way they came into the city. And then (coughs) the lord of the city receives the message and put into use. So Buddha gave this simile and he explained the simile. The the city is this entire body and mind supported, nourished by food and so forth and thinking and so forth. This body and mind are nourished, supported. Six gatekeepers are Eyes, ears, uh, six gates. Eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and mind. These are six doors. These are the doors through which information comes into the mind. Through the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and mind, information from outside comes into the body, into, into the mind. The lord of the city is consciousness. The gatekeeper is mindfulness. Two messengers are concentration and insight. Now, they enter through these gates and they go by the same way they came in the way they came in is right understanding right thinking right speech right action right livelihood right concentration right mindfulness and right co- mindfulness and right concentration these are the the path that they followed That means, when we see something, hear something, smell something, taste something, touch something, and think something, we should be able to see both. We have to pay mindful attention to gain true deep concentration to understand what comes through our eyes. Through our nose, ear, tongue, body, and mind. That means keep these six senses alert with mindfulness. This is what is called guarding the senses. Indriya Sanghvara. Indriya Sanghvara is the Pali term, meaning guarding the senses. To understand these two messengers coming through these senses, that means we cultivate. We can cultivate mindfulness by hearing any sound. What? We, how we do that? Any sound we hear is very clearly marked with these three characteristics: impermanence, unsatisfactoriness and selflessness. You listen to any sound without uh, elaborating, without interpreting, just listen to a sound. What do you notice? Sound appears and disappears. Uh, Pay attention to what happens to your mind when you see an object. Object changes, passes away, and what you saw is gone, disappeared, impermanent. And if it happens to be pleasant, you end up with uh, attachment, and when it disappears, you end up with disappointment. When the objects happen to be unpleasant, that very instant you experience disappointment. Similarly, the smell, taste, touch, and thought, they all are they all are marked with these three characteristics. And we have to look for them to understand them exactly as they are. That is the training of mindfulness. When we do that, (coughs) we gain concentration. And that is not something totally different and separate. But that comes along with mindfulness. That is, when we see things changing, impermanent, disappearing, we let that happen. And then the mind settles down. Mind doesn't uh, try try to uh, stop it, prevent it, and fight. And then mind settles down and let it go. Whatever comes, it goes, disappears. So, gradually we gain concentration and develop our uh, mindfulness and concentration together. Buddha gave very <coughs> beautiful uh, another simile of um, uh, maturing our mind through uh, Mindfulness and concentration. It's like uh, watching children's uh, childish play. Uh, he said, suppose you go to a beach and you see children building a ca- sand castles. Like even in... Uh, in winter, you can see children making a winter uh, a snow a snowman, a snow Santa Claus, snow something. And they really enjoy it. <coughs> Sandcastle particularly, you can see them enjoying, going in and coming out and so forth. But you know... <coughs> After sometimes, when these children grow, they lose interest in these sand castles. Not that they are disappointed, but they lose interest in them. And then they don't build any more sand castles. Another example. You can see some little, especially girls, uh, cooking, in, in their imagination, they cook. They have imaginary pots and pans, imaginary food, imaginary spoons and forks and knives and so forth, and then they cook, and then they come and feed you. You also pretend to be eating just to please this little child. You know for sure, this is just Imaginary. In the child's mind, there's a big imagination. And child enjoys it tremendously. At that time, it is very important for that child. That's very important. But as the child grows up, we all know when we were little children, how we played with various things. As we grow up, we slowly, naturally let them pass, let them go, let them disappear. Similarly, Buddha said, this is the profundity of the Buddha's teaching, using very simple similes and examples to teach us a very profound dhamma. He said, (coughs) when we see with mindfulness and concentration, we see things are impermanent, unsatisfactory, Selfless, then we would be disenchanted with objects. Disenchanted. Uh, viraga vimuchati. Uh, nibbindati. Viraga nibbinda. Nibbandana means uh, disenchanted disenchantment does not mean disappointment or uh, depression or uh, getting upset. Disenchantment comes from wisdom, understanding. When we understand something very deeply, we gradually lose interest in that. Just like when little children grow up Gradually, they, we all have grown up and letting go slowly, gradually, our childhood interest. We were not disappointed, we were not upset. This is how we become disenchanted with certain things that uh, we enjoy at certain time, when we have insight of into impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, and selflessness. So we have to combine these two together, mindfulness and wisdom, and concentration to penetrate this reality. Now, <coughs> when we talk about jnana, there are certain terms some are uh, synonymous with jhana uh, some are different. Some of the words are jhana, uh, samadhi and samatha. You have heard the samatha vipassana and uh, samadhi and jhana. Uh, Jhana and Samadhi are closely connected, connected ideas, but uh, they are not the same. Jhana is limited in meaning. Uh, there has to be five factors to make a jhana. Uh, We will explain them later on. Five factors are initial application of thought, sustained application of thought, joy, happiness, and concentration. And these are uh, heavily loaded terms. For example, initial application of thought. What does it mean? Sustained application of thought. What does it mean? I will explain them later in detail, but... In order to make uh, jhana, there has to be at least these five qualities, five components. Of course, besides that, there are many other components, but at least these five must be present. But for samadhi, the word samadhi is a wider term. It has a wider connotation, wider meaning. Uh, the Samadhi, of course, uh, comes from the root Sang A Dha, meaning to collect or bring things together. Uh, so, uh, unification of wholesome uh, mental states. Uh, Samadhi almost interchangeable with samatha. Samatha means tranquility, uh, s- settled uh, state of mind. Uh, Samadhi is very much like that. Samadhi has a very loose meaning. For example, in uh, spoken Hindi in India, they use Samadhi laga ke baita hai. He sits down in Samadhi, in a, a settled state of body and mind. Calmly sit down. Even for that, the word samadhi is used. Uh, So one-pointedness of mind is also called samadhi. And uh, uh, right concentration is called samadhi. Uh, Then uh, wrong concentration also can be called samadhi. Uh, serenity can be called samadhi, and the faculty of concentration is also called samadhi, and the power of concentration also called samadhi. Uh, there are other words like uh, momentary concentration is called khanika samadhi, and uh, excess concentra- concentration called upachar samadhi, absorption concentration is called. uh, Appana Samadhi and so forth. The word Samadhi is a wider, uh, has wider meaning, but Jhana has limited meaning with five Jhani factors coming together. Uh, neighborhood concentration, access concentration is Samadhi as I mentioned earlier. Uh, So, these words also we have to um, keep in mind when we talk about Jhana. Jhana is uh, part of Samadhi, but Samadhi is not part of Jhana. Jhana comes under the umbrella of Samadhi, but Samadhi does not come under the umbrella of jhana so <coughs> uh, so most uh, comprehensive definition of Samadhi is uh, uh, concentration of mind which is uh, uh, restraining defilements but not by self. Effort. It is firm because it is liberated, liberated from various psychic irritants. And it is concentrated because it is firm and steady. It is not trembling, it's not shaking, it's firm. it is very steady, because of uh, its its it's contented, it's satisfied, it is settled. Therefore, it remains very steady. Uh, it is it is said that it is it doesn't bend forward or bend backward. Bend forward means it doesn't think of the future or think of the past. It stays in the present moment. Keeping the mind in the present moment is one of the factors of inside meditation. We ask people to keep the mind in the present moment. Without concentration, we cannot keep the mind in the present moment. Now you can see how concentration is a powerful integral part of Vipassana meditation. To keep the mind in the present moment, we have to have a concentration. If we don't have concentration, it goes forward or backward. It keeps wandering here and there. So, for the mindfulness training, concentration comes handy always without any difficulty. Uh, Samadhi also should be cultivated as uh, just like jhana. And samadhi (coughs) is uh, concentration, uh, is uh, cultivated uh, with the association of uh, seclusion, detachment, cessation, and maturing in uh, realization of the truth. So, samadhi is more powerful and uh, it has a very definite purpose. Concentration or jhana has definite purpose of gaining concentration that uh, can be used with mindfulness in order to uh, make, get the maximum benefit of concentration. I want to conclude this talk by uh, mentioning what Venerable. Uh, uh, Ananda mentioned to his fellow bhikkhus how these two cultivate together. He said when any bhikkhu or bhikkhuni declares in my presence to have each aranship it is always by four paths or by one or other of them. What for? Four. Here a bhikkhu develops insight preceded by serenity. As he does so, the path is produced in him. He repeats, develops and makes much of that path. As he does so, his fetters are abandoned and his underlying tendencies are exterminated. That means he develops insights preceded by serenity, that is, samadhi. Second is, a uh, bhikkhu develops, bhikkhu-bhikkuni develops serenity uh, preceded by insight. Serenity, samadhi, preceded by insight. And as he does so, The path is produced in him. He repeats, develops, makes much of that path. As he does so, his fetters are abandoned and his underlying tendencies are exterminated. Third method. He or she develops both serenity and insight Coupled together. Both he practices together. As he does so, the path is produced in him. He repeats, develops, and makes much of that path. As he does so, his fetters are abandoned and his underlying tendencies are exterminated. The fourth Method is uh, because mind is agitated by overestimation of ideas. That is overestimating of the dhamma. There is later on an occasion when his cogn- uh, cogn- uh, when his uh, uh, cognizance is. Uh, internally recomposed, resettled, restored to singleness and re-concentrated, then the path is produced in him. He repeats, develops, makes much of that path. As he does so, his fetters are abandoned, and his underlying tendencies are exterminated. That means, the last one is little tricky, that is, when he uh, thinks of Dhamma, and various Dhamma factors come into his mind, and he keeps thinking, 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 and he gets, first he gets... Uh, over-excited by seeing various aspects of Dhamma, then uh, gradually uh, these aspects of Dhamma become clearer and clearer and clearer. When they become clear, excitement also slowly subsides within himself and then he gains concentration. And use that concentration to overcome his underlying tendencies and uh, exterminate that, bring them to an end by using his deep concentrated mind. Now, prior to that, he again wished them by seeing the various aspects of Dhamma. And then the Dhamma becomes clearer and clearer and clearer in his mind. Then slowly, first he gains insight. Then as he gains uh, insight, he keeps thinking, thinking, thinking. Then concentration, the excitement fades away, gains concentration. And then at that point, both wisdom and concentration join together to overcome, destroy all his underlying tendencies. Now, I wanted to mention this in order to show the very close affinity, connection between concentration and mindfulness. and Therefore, these two should not be treated as uh, uh, competing factors, but complementary factors. They both complement each other in order to gain liberation. With this, i like to stop and i believe you will have plenty of questions tonight is the chance <laughs> to ask the questions write down your questions and uh, i'll be happy to answer them okay